0: The Screamcast episode 134. I am Sean DeReger and with me is Brad Henderson.
1: I feel that we've been on 134 for
0: 10 episodes.
1: <laughs> no, I feel, we're like, last, we're not, I feel episode. like we're not moving from 130.
0: <laughs> last episode was 133 and then before that 132. All right, I'm fine. Trust me on this.
1: All right, I, I trust you. I never look. I don't even know how many episodes we have, so...
0: <laughs> you don't even listen so what do you care that
1: is true that is true
0: <laughs> well today we are going to be talking about the, the last uh handful the last batch of severin films that have come out some uh some pretty fun ones in there and things that a lot of people have been talking about and we just uh, decided you know shit we might as well cover these i must say severin is knocking it out of the park They are you know, I mean this is the sultry sounds of Brad Henderson episode. You were just talking quietly into the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just saying like um with with their
1: recent releases uh, over the course like you know they they've been around for a while um but it was, seems recently that they've really really kicked it up a few notches. They've always been a you know a great company. I mean, I remember picking up like you know Screwballs, Screwballs 2, I believe they're now out of print. You know, um original and glorious and, uh, inglorious bastards. So they've always been yeah. on my radar, but as of recent, they, they've really kicked it up a notch. So I, am really happy with, uh, with the work that they're doing.
0: Yeah. Whoever's doing the acquisitions, uh, tip of the hat to, to you, whoever's uh, doing that, but no, yeah, uh, that I was going to open with that as well, because, um, we started the show a few years back. They were one of the first companies, um, that would, you know, send us screeners, which I really appreciated because it's a kind it's like pulling teeth when you're starting up something new and trying to get, you know, companies to at least send a, a review copy. And they were one of the first ones to actually, you know, give us a chance and, and do that. And very much appreciated that they went on board and, you know, and, and did that. And, uh, yeah, like this past year, I've seen a step up in the titles, like just some fun, obscure stuff. And that's what I love is discovering obscure titles, good or bad. It's fun to have this sense of discovery. And for me, um, it's been really fun with a lot of these, uh, a lot of these, especially, I mean, you all know, like my feelings about Shana video, but uh, what they're doing with Intervision is even if the movies aren't my bag, it's just... You know you're going to get something batshit and and fun, (laughs) you know. So it's it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun kind of discovering movies and and seeing. And what I love about them is they don't go overboard with any of the bells and whistles. Like I think one of the their titles had a slipcover, but I mean they they're not crazy with these. You know any forty five dollar steel books. They're not overboard with any of the packaging. It's just it's straightforward. They. You know that pretty much every release is going to have a handful of special features. You're going to learn about the the film. The cover art is going to be really good cover art, and they're going to use as much of the original uh, posters as they can, I believe. And it's, I don't know. There's just straightforward, affordable, straightforward, and you're going to have you know fun discovering you know some of these films. Yeah, I guess it was um, back with
1: um, I think when they very first. I mean, cause they've, they've been around for, for a little bit, you know, they, they've done, like I said, screwballs and, you know, Birdemic and BMX bandits and, and, and movies like that. But it wasn't, I think, I can't remember maybe a couple years ago, two or three years ago, they, they had the release of, um, of dead kids, uh, Patrick and thirst. And, yeah. um, and then the, like, a couple weeks after that, or a few weeks after they had Bloody Birthday, The Baby, and Bloody Moon. And then after that, they just went off, like, they just were doing so many releases. They did, you know, the the Vampire uh, Lesbos. They did, you know, uh, Nightmare Castle. Um, you know, turkey, turkey Shoot, which was uh, a huge one for me. Um, but now this past year with like Dr. Butcher MD and burial ground and things like that. They are uh, in the Sinful Dwarf. They were really <laughs> killing it, man. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. No, I think the only one they the only one they really did a lot of packaging for, which was really fucking awesome with the, what they did with the slip covers was, uh, she, she killed an XSD. I can't, I can't freaking talk this morning. Uh, screamcast brought to you by extreme fatigue. Uh, now, Ooh. She Killed in Ecstasy and <laughs> Vampiro's Lesbos, like those Jess Franco films, they really did a, uh, an awesome job with how they did the slipcovers with the window in it. And like um uh they, I think back then I was ranting about slipcovers and I said this was an example of it done right, where it was just it added to the art direction of, of
1: well, the also their it releases aren't twenty nine ninety nine um, either.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the yeah. only other one that did a slipcover was Burial Ground with some new artwork there. But uh, yeah, a lot, a lot to talk about with them. We're going to be discussing a uh, hand, like I think uh, eight of their uh, of their films, seven of their releases, uh, eight films at least. And uh, we'll we'll talk about what they got coming down the line here with a few a few things and that we'll be discussing probably in the near future. But first, uh, we need to dive into what's on our doorstep. Oh shit.
2: Holy cow, I almost forgot.
0: We'll get the door. Do you wanna go first? I'm gonna go first because I've been, god, I have been slamming these seven releases. And like I said, we we have some home projects we're doing here. So me sitting down and watching movies has been like freaking like pulling teeth. So I haven't been able to sit down and watch anything other than what's for the show. But I did want to mention really quick that um, we we've discussed the void here and here and there the past couple of weeks. It had a physical release um, he, through I think uh, DiabolicDVD.com, and I think it was like twenty five or twenty seven bucks. And it had some extras on there. I had ordered, um, the UK Blu-ray from Signature Entertainment. And I was unsure if it had any special features or special features or anything. And this was about 10 bucks or 12 bucks cheaper than the Diabolic one. And, uh, I got it in the mail and I can confirm that it has all the special features that are on the uh, exclusive from Diabolic DVD. And, uh, it is also region free, so it cost me fifteen bucks. Whoa! So if you're someone who wants to buy the physical copy and you don't want to pay twenty seven dollars, twenty five dollars, you want to pay like fifteen after shipping and everything. I think it's like nine ninety nine, nine pounds, or maybe ten pounds uh, UK. So anyway, uh, and it has a you know, and it has a slip cover. Listen to this. Slip, slip cover porn.
2: Oh. Oh. Mm,
3: that
0: sounds so good. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so if you want to grab the physical copy of The Void, uh, it, this does have all the bells and whistles and confirmed, because I confirmed it on the Xbox One, region free. Oh, that's all I got, man. All the rest is I, all the rest of the shit that I watched was for the show. You know, I don't I don't have uh, I don't have much either.
1: Um so uh I I can go now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um I <laughs> watched um a wild eye film, wild eye releasing of course, um Amityville Exorcism. Which, uh, I thought was a clever plot. I was not a fan of, uh, of the film so much. Um, there is some goofy, uh, moments and it It is comical. It does make you, you, you chuckle a few times, but it was, the plot is basically, um, a, a carpenter who took wood from the old Amityville house was building a new house and through the wood, um, the, the, the spirits, uh, come and attack. Um, I thought that was clever in itself, um, and funny. Um, but the movie, eh, it, 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 it has its up and, ups and downs. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, if you're into like kind of the goofy, uh, low budget, um, uh, films that Wild Eye puts out, I, I, I suggest it at least. Um, I think you would be mildly amused. Um, next up was, uh, Satanic. Um, it's a film released by Magnet, I would guess, uh, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Um, it's about a group of uh teens that are on their way to uh, Coachella, but they stop in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I kept. They mentioned Coachella, like. They mention it like fucking ten times in the movie and I couldn't help but laugh each time. <laughs> um, go to Godzilla, bro. So it's, uh, two couples and they stop kind of inner city LA to, um, to stop at like the Tate house, um, to, to stop just basically kind of like a mini little satanic ghost tour that they take around town. Um, they reside in a in a motel where um somebody was uh, sacrificed, uh, and in the meantime, they're going around to um this kind of a black uh, dark cult. I don't, know, I forget the name of the um of the actual store, but it's a place that sells satanic shit, like you know, um you know, satanic Bible and like, like Spencers. No, 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 this is like more of a, like a legit (laughs) place where these people believe it. So they go there and like some shit goes down with, with the store owners and the, you know, the, the people that are running the store. And so they, these kids decide to follow them after they leave just, you know, for shits and giggles because they really want to see something crazy. So they're hoping that these, since these guys are so weird that they, um, show them, you know, something nutty or wherever they're going. So they, they tail them to this house and they watch one of these sacrifices that they look like they're going to do. Uh, the teens intervene, um, and the girl that was going to be sacrificed was, uh, ends up, you know, the, one of the guys drops his cell phone. So they, um. So she calls the teens and says, "Hey, let's meet up. I'll give you your phone back." And you slowly realize that um the the this cult was uh exiling her because she's too hardcore for them. And then it goes into kind of more of what the title is, satanic. It's okay. Um it does have a very very good fifteen minute uh, last fifteen minutes. It really picks up, and man, there's some there's some cool shit that that goes down. It just takes a while to get there, um, and you know it it, it takes its time, but it's it, it's well done. The actors are you know okay. Um, it, it's a it's a fun little popcorn horror flick. If you want to watch something that's decent. You're not going to blow your mind or anything. Um, and then next up was uh, the ones below. Another magnet uh horror uh title. Um a couple who recently moves into a um kind of a two-story flat. Um uh, bottom floor is occupied by some other tenants. Um and they realize that the tenants uh, below them are pre- uh, having a baby as well. Um, so the two women get together. You know, they're pregnant. They go swimming and do their shit. And um, they invite them over one night for dinner. Um, and it kind of get a, a little uncomfortable with kind of the topics they're talking about. Because the one couple that the the film focuses on didn't really want to have the baby um, and weren't really trying. Eventually, she's like, yeah, I just thought we would do it. While the other family has been trying for a long time to conceive a child, so they get a little offended. Um, kind of a mild argument occurs. Uh, the family from downstairs goes to leave. The woman falls um, because of uh, a cat and a light bulb and all this other shit. She falls and she loses the baby. Um, and then your film starts. So it has a very eerie setting. It, it doesn't even have a score. I can't even remember music playing, which I thought was really effective. Um, it has elements of, you know, stuff like The Shining and, and and films like that. But it's just, it's one of those movies where you feel like you're holding like a stick of dynamite, but you're not looking <laughs> to see how far the wick is yet, um, because you're just super uncomfortable that things are going to explode like at any time. Um, it, great job by the actors, great job by the director. Like it's it's really effective, but man, I tell you, it lost me. Like I was like a hundred percent in um, until kind of everything goes down, and then I was like, man. I thought, I thought they had something special there, but um, instead, not so much. And actually, last but not least, um, I got to see Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh! Which Willow was super stoked about. She was obsessed with seeing, um, you know, Baby Groot, which I was not really looking forward to. But I tell you, I was wrong. It doesn't focus on Baby Groot at all. You don't really even see Thank Baby God. Groot a
0: ton, you know, he's just, he's just standing, he's yeah. just there. Um, Dude, James Gunn is a smart filmmaker, though. Like, people thinking that he's going to jump into the whole, all into the Marvel machine, like, no, man, he, he's a smart fucking filmmaker, and I respect him a lot. So, yeah, I'm, I'm taking my kids to this, I think, today.
1: So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's, I don't, I don't think it's as good as the first one, but the emotional, yeah. um, emotional stuff um, and the heartstrings are are a little heavier on that side on, on, on this one. It's definitely more, you know, because of the first one, they're getting to know one another. Um, and uh, I got to say, and you mentioned about James Gunn's filmmaking capabilities. Um, I'm not. A Marvel fan I do not like these movies that are coming out I think pretty much well, they've gotten downhill they've gotten cookie cutter well yeah but I honestly I think that's like 90% of them um, I, I don't think any of them are very good um, I think they all are just cash grabs um, we have um, how many how many films with Thor so we got three, three, three films, three, th- four, uh, three, or actually let's just, three. let's just take Iron Man it's because he has three films out, right? Okay. So there's Iron Man. There's three films. We also have two Avengers films, right? And we have yeah. the Civil War movie, right?
0: Yeah. which is technically, I guess, a Captain America movie, but it's an Avengers movie.
1: Right. But Iron Man is, he's in the film most of the time. Yeah. They placed all their beds in Iron Man. Well, no, no, no. Isn't, no, no like, uh, Tony
0: Stark is in everything.
1: No, no, no. Don't, 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 don't go away from what I'm trying to say here. All right. So, okay, so, sorry, so we have sorry. six, six movies with <laughs> Iron Man. Right. I understand Tony Stark is supposed to be an asshole. Robert Downey Jr. does portray that character well, but I would not care if Iron Man died. I would not <laughs> shed a <laughs> I tear. I would not shed a tear. I would not feel any emotion for Thor. I I wouldn't feel any emotion for Hulk. I wouldn't feel any emotion for Black Widow. The only one that I can kind of feel for and understand just because I think he portrays the character correctly is uh, Captain America. Ant-Man. No, Ant-Man can – I really hope he dies. (laughs) Um, But what I'm saying is that we have this whole universe created around these characters and I understand people like them because they under they've had exposition with the comic books, so they understand, maybe they enjoy, but there actually is no emotional attachment to these characters. But I can feel for a fucking raccoon. In uh I, I feel for an animated fucking raccoon and a goddamn tree. Dude. In Guardians of the Galaxy. The first,
0: yeah, the first Guardians of the Galaxy when, uh, Rocket starts talking about how like, being experimented on or whatever not really trying, knowing exactly what he is, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he, and he takes, he takes off his shirt and he has these like scars, like, oh my god.
1: But I'm, what I'm saying is that there's a lot of dialogue in, in the second film between Rocket and Yondu and, 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 uh, choices that are made. Um, I'm like, what, how, why am I getting teary-eyed for a fucking raccoon right now <laughs> when I can't even feel any emotion whatsoever in any of the Marvel films? And I, I watch them with an open mind. I invest myself yeah. in into this – like even though I don't like Marvel Universe films, I've seen everything. Just because my kid wants to, I have friends that like to, you know, I'll go see Thor Ragnarok. I'll, I'll watch the movies and I'm never going to say no to a movie. You know, I've said many times I get frustrated on the show and I've said I'm fucking done. Like after Doctor Strange, I said I'm fucking done with Marvel. I'm not watching anymore. But then, you know, these other movies come out and I'm a hypocrite and I fucking go see them. But still to this day, I have no fucking feelings for anything like that. But James Gunn can make me tear up for a fucking animated raccoon. Marvel, you're doing something incorrect. But anyways, (laughs) uh, guardians of the (laughs) galaxy two is, is, is not as good as the first one, but it's, uh, fun and the emotion. And, and like I said, it tugs on your heartstrings a lot harder than, um, than the first one did mainly because like I said, the first one, they're getting to know one another, this one, they've been together for a while. Um, so now it's more family oriented. Yeah. So, yeah. And Marvel, take fucking note um, from fucking Fast and the Furious movies. Those movies are fucking stupid and silly. But Jesus Christ, we love every goddamn character in the fucking movie. Why? Because they're at least well-written and portrayed, uh, you know, by not decent. I mean, they are decent actors because they make you feel for them. But I feel for those goddamn people in these fucking stupid movies. So it's not hard. It's not hard to make you have, you know... Uh, I mean, I guess it is if they, if they can't accomplish it. But, I mean, there, there's a sequence in Guardians of the Galaxy where we have, um, two characters that never really interacted with one another before between Yondu and, uh, Rocket. Yeah, they talk, you know, they're in the first film a little bit together, but they're kind of in this movie together for a very, very short time. Just them. And I tell you what, man, there's a conversation that happens in that movie that's just like, Jesus Christ, like, this is so fucking well done, and we've only been with these characters just for a few minutes. And, you know, you get teary-eyed. Hey, that's that's what you call good writing and good directing. So, bravo to James Gunn. I know he listens to this show, and he'll probably email me. <laughs> um, but, but anyways, yeah, go see Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I, I, I honestly, I think um, this one will... Will definitely surpass the original. Like I said, I do like the first one better, but I, I think this one comes a close second.
0: So, cool. You know, speaking of James Gunn, we really should try to get him on for Slither.
3: Hmm.
0: Note: Let's start working on it now. Let's do it. All right, you heard it here, folks. If it happens, uh, it was my idea. If it doesn't happen, uh, never mind. Forget I said anything. <laughs> <laughs> all right moving right along uh i have some announcements here we go through um those of you asking where bj is uh she was planning on on being with us but we've been doing these in the mornings and uh it's hard enough for us to even get up <laughs> and so <laughs> i think last week she accidentally slept through uh and that that's probably what happened right now but it's all good. We. You know, these goddamn time zones, man, they're killing me. We'll work something out. We'll figure it out. Um. All right, so normally I will go and say if we have any new patrons, we do not have any new ones this week, but you can check out our uh, Patreon over at patreon.com slash scream underscore cast. Uh, we've done a few late night episodes. We'll be doing more. And so if you're a $5 patron, you'll be able to hear those and you'll be able to actually uh, interact with those and actually create a talking point for us. So, uh, the $3, you get our episodes, uh, a day early or two days early, depending on, on when, you know, I get these shows edited. But basically as soon as I edit this sucker and upload it, you get to hear it. And then we have the $1 level where you're just throwing us a tip you're just giving us the tip
1: just the tip
0: just the tip and but we appreciate all of you guys all the patrons we gosh i mean this is your money you're giving to us each each month and we really do appreciate it and it really is helping make the show better so um also you can follow us along on twitter during the show twitter.com underscore no slash scream underscore cast anyway you, you, you all, if you're listening, you know our Twitter, but you can find all of our social media links over at thescreamcast.com. And finally, of uh, these announcements here, we, we have been meaning to mention this, but, um, i uh, haven't got, haven't got around to it just cause it, it hurts. Uh, James Harris, otherwise known as Doc Terror, he, uh, when I first started this show up, he was very instrumental in kind of answering a lot of my questions about starting a blog. He was diagnosed with cancer a couple of years back, and he recently uh, passed away. So there is going to be a fundraiser happening. A lot of people, a lot of people in the horror community, which is amazing, are coming together to raise money for his wife Nicole and his uh, his daughters, just for the family to to help to help them because you know uh, so. Uh, friend of the show, Chad Young, Chad Ecto Young, he runs horror movie barbecue and he was, was friends with James Harris. He's, is leading up a GoFundMe, uh, raffle where a lot of blogs, a lot of people th- throughout, throughout everywhere, even his wife, Nicole, donated three of james's personal uh enamel pins and they're using this to raise money we're sending them a box of goodies and uh, as soon as that link goes live on the 14th of may we'll be tweeting that out and putting that up on our website and if you if you can uh please participate it's going to be a really good thing to help take care of uh uh james harris's family so um trying to think what else i can say about that but um it kind of oh a fright rags did an exclusive shirt with his kind of character that he created for his uh his website too so um you know it's just one of those things when one of one of our own one of our you know one of our peers in the horror community passes away i always see the community come together and it's a beautiful thing so kind of gets me emotional um But uh, we'll let you guys know about that when that happens.
1: Yeah, that's uh, a little too sad for me. But rest in peace, brother.
0: Yeah, he was a really good guy. All right. Uh, Moving right along here, uh, we got some news with Josh Obershaw. And then we'll be diving in to the last batch of films from Severin. (laughs) And Josh Obershaw is here, right here, right now. I will be waiting for you. Wait, that's not it. Right. Josh, oh. Josh is here <laughs> joining us to talk about some releases. I almost got caught up in a Richard Marks song. I apologize.
4: <laughs> oh. hey, that's no problem. How are you doing, Sean?
0: <laughs> doing very well. Good. Welcome, good Welcome. sir. And oh, Happy fucking birthday, man.
4: That's kind of you to say so. It was a pretty chill birthday.
0: Yeah, hope you had a treat yourself day. I always do that on my birthdays. It's a treat yourself.
4: That is exactly what I did. I, I went to see uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and I had a really good time with that.
0: Very nice. Well deserved, sir. All right. So, uh, what do you have for us? so we can plan on emptying out our bank accounts uh, once again.
4: Not a whole lot this week. It was uh, kind of light, but I want to start off with our sponsor, Vinegar Syndrome. Their June 2017 package was just announced. And the titles we've got are Nurse Sherry, A Touch of Genie, The DVD only Never Sleep Alone and another Picarama double feature of Pleasure Maze and Lovers Lane. Now, you can get the entire package for 40% off until June 1st, 35% off until June 12th, and then it's going to be 30% off until the street date, which is going to be June 27th. And they're going to keep doing... This little trend I got right now, where if you just want the Blu-ray DVD combo packs, which is again Nurse Sherry and a Touch of Genie, then you can get that just by itself. And I think as far as the discount, it yeah, you're saving about
0: uh, twenty bucks
4: exactly for the Blu-ray DVD packages, Nurse Sherry and a Touch of Genie. It's going to be thirty percent off until the street date. It's forty six seventeen right now.
0: Yeah. You could afford another Blu-ray if you buy this package. Exactly. Even more if you get the uh, the full-on package, you're saving like 40 bucks. Yeah. So savings all around.
4: Definitely. So that's what we got from uh, Vinegar Syndrome. Moving right along to uh, Shout Factory, specifically uh, Screen Factory, I just have few updates, just a couple of updates as far as like uh, bonus feature-wise. Today saw the release of Gus Van Zandt's remake of Psycho. And not much in the. Uh, I know, right? Uh, okay. To be fair, i To be fair, I've never seen it. It's just that. I'm sorry. It's just that I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't really. I don't. I don't think I would enjoy that.
0: I've never been a fan. Uh, if I mean, you're probably about to get into special features, so I'll, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you get into it here. There's a lot. If you're a fan of of learning about film. Especially, like, even with Gus Van Zandt. Like, what, what what do they got for us? Sell me on this, Josh. What If I don't like this film, why the hell would I spend some money?
4: I guess if you're that much of a psycho, psycho completist, yeah, go ahead and get this. What you're going to be get, the only new mm-hmm. bonus feature they got is an audio commentary with uh, Rob Galuzzo, who's, of course, the co-host of Shockwaves, and he's the, uh, the director of the Psycho Legacy. He's going to be doing a commentary with oh. editor Amy Huddleston. So, I, I oh okay. I guess huh. I guess that alone would be the price of admission. Just hearing them talk about it. Of course, they've got the uh, the audio commentary. Yeah.
0: I, I hear that's actually. I I hear sorry sorry, sorry to interrupt. I hear that's actually really a really good and really fun commentary.
4: Oh, I see. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I'd be willing to get it just for that. I mean, there's also an audio commentary with Gus Van Zandt and H. and Vince Vaughn. But I'm more interested in the commentary with uh, Amy Huddleston and Rob Galuto. Other than that, you've got Psychopath, The Making of Psycho, and Trailers and Still Gallery. It's kind of light on the bonus features, but that new audio commentary, that that might put me over the edge. Maybe. Kind of. <laughs>
0: Well, I know the original DVD was pretty stacked, so it sounds like they had a lot to bring over. And the only thing new, I guess, is that new commentary. But, but like I said, uh, uh, Rob Glusa was he posted on a Facebook or something about it, and he said that he just they they laughed a lot. So that means you know it's uh, probably pretty damn entertaining, and it sounds like hopefully it was a pretty candid you know commentary.
4: Sounds like you're selling me on this than me selling you on this.
0: I know huh <laughs> i'll I'll add it to I'll add it to my uh cart, and when uh when there's a huge sale and it drops to a certain price point, maybe I get it. There you go. The film is an interesting experiment, and I think it shows that making a shot for shot remake isn't necessarily the best idea.
4: I guess when you put it that way, it's not too bad of an investment. Something else that's also light in the, uh, the special features department is the 1980 film Windows, which is uh, directed by cinematographer Gordon Willis. Yeah, the only bonus features of notes on this release, there's a new high-definition transfer of the film taken from the inner positive. But the other new bonus feature is an in-conversation interview with actress Talia Shire. I think that alone is going to be interesting. So... I don't know. This is an, this is another one of those, like you said, maybe, maybe if it drops down in price a little, it'd be worth picking up. I mean, especially th- since this is a film that takes place in New York City in 1980, that would be, you know, worth the price of admission, at least for me. Yeah. So that's it as far as Screen Factory and Shout Factory. So let's see what I got else I got for you peoples. Oh. That isn't it for Screen Factory because the Lawnmower Man. <laughs> we've got deals on the Lawnmower Man, and now I know you guys have talked about the director's cut. I guess it was the last episode or two. Yes. Yeah. So that is going to be included. This is going to be a two disc set. Disc number one is the theatrical cut. Disc number two is going to be the director's cut. Now, one thing I want to point out about the director's cut. Now, the theatrical cut is going to be a 4K scan of an interpositive. The director's cut is a 4K of the interpositive with additional director's cut footage from the original camera negative. So, keep that in mind if you're considering this collector's edition, because there might be a little bit of difference in quality between the two elements. There may not be, but just a heads up.
0: Yeah, it's not like they took it from like a a work print VHS. I mean, I know that when they did Manhunter, they, when they did that director's cut, they had some shoddy, uh, shoddy stuff to work with. Uh, In this case, it sounds like you're, you know, trading, you know, really good quality for like maybe really, really good quality. You know, it's, it sounds like it's not that bad of a trade. It sounds like it's going to be pretty, uh, Pretty good.
4: Yeah, I'm just trying to.
0: I mean, it's got cyber monkey, so that's yes. <laughs> robo monkey. I mean, so I mean, I'm totally. And I don't even care how it looks. Just give me some robo monkey.
4: <laughs> sure, I'm just covering my ass. I don't want to like sell somebody on this and <laughs> and then watch the director's cut. I'm like, it looks like shit. So, <laughs> just being cautious.
0: Nah, they've uh, they've been pretty good. They've been they've been really good on their director's cuts.
4: Agreed. Well, the other, other thing of note is a new feature I call Cyberguy, creating the Lawnmower Man. It features interviews with uh, Brett Leonard, who's the co-writer and director of the movie. You got Jeff Fahey, editor Alan Baumgarten, makeup effects artist Michael Deke, and special effects coordinator Frank Sejila? C- Sorry if I butcher your name. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also deleted scenes. There's a little electronic press kit, which I'm very curious Watching because I know it's from 1991, 92. That era, it's probably going to be standard def, so it's going to look all VHS. So I've never seen the Lawnmower Man before. Full disclosure, but this is enough for me to invest in.
0: Oh man, I
4: know I'm. I've missed out.
0: <laughs> I'm a fan. I I like it. it. I I'd say it's not a you know it's not a an amazing movie, but it's a fun little kind of window into the whole how everyone thought virtual virtual reality was going to continue. Uh, take over some kind of it's kind of fun watching it now as we're finally we're, uh, we're we're almost getting into another little renaissance of VR. So yeah, it's a it's a fun little time capsule of a film. Pierce Brosnan. I mean, <laughs> you know, come
4: on. I don't know. Just listening to you guys talk about uh, Lawnmower Man too, I'm I'm more stoked about that one than the first book <laughs> To be
0: honest with yeah. you. Oh, Lawnmower Man too. In the right mindset, that's a lot of fun.
4: Well, the other only thing I've got left, you see we got a, a little bit of news. I don't know if this is confirmed or not, but apparently the next title in the Vestran series is going to be Warlock. Yeah. Not only that, I, I saw something on Instagram about working on Warlock, and one of the hashtags was Armageddon. So that kind of leads me to believe that it's going to be another collection like Wishmaster.
0: Yeah, and that'd be great. And, side note, uh, Wishmaster, finally, the whole collection dropped to, like, 22 bucks. So, uh, those of you, like me, who bought it for, like, four, 35 or 40, uh, we're all kind of weeping right now. Uh,
4: but I'm kind of tempted now. I'm trying to see
0: how many films are in uh, a warlock like is there a trilogy is it a trilogy
4: it is a trilogy yes
0: oh man i've never seen the third one
4: i don't think i've ever seen the second one
0: if they were neither have i i don't think uh if they release the trilogy like war the first warlock is a lot of fun like i like a lot and i have an import i can't remember where it's from but i do have an import blu-ray it looks fantastic so, and I think that one even had some special features, but, uh, I've talked about it before on the show at some point, but, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'd be fun, man. If they've released all three of these in a blu-ray set and they that'd be a lot of fun, but for sure. Yeah. We're pretty much positive that the, uh, the original will be coming out through the Vestron series.
4: That is exciting. The last time I saw it, I saw it on a, a cheap Lionsgate DVD and, um, uh, I don't know. I would love to see it. I would love to see it in Blu-ray. I mean, as far as, like, collections are concerned, this one is a no-brainer. Like, Wishmaster, I've never seen Wishmaster, so I'm kind of wishy-washy. Warlock, on the other hand, I'm definitely throwing down money for that. Oh, yeah. And that's going to do it, Sean. That's all the news I have.
0: Very cool. Like,
4: Like I said, pretty light, but pretty exciting. All right, Josh. Thank you very much. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week.
0: Well, like we said at the top of the show, Severin Films is uh, has been stepping up their game the past couple years, and it's been a lot of fun to. It sounds bad like saying stepping up their game, like they've never been bad, Um, but I. the the acquisitions have become a lot more, uh, fun to discover is, is what I mean to say for me personally. So, um, we have, we're going to be going through kind of like what we do for vinegar syndrome. We're going to go through their past, uh, handful of releases here and, uh, let you guys know what we thought about them. There will be links in the show notes, uh, to each of these. If, uh, And I believe that Mike at GrindhouseVideo.com, I believe he stocks all of these. So we'll have links to all those in the show notes so you can grab these as you're listening and want to grab a few of these. Um, We are – like we're going to be giving our honest opinions about the films. And I know a lot of people – not a lot. I mean a handful of people that I know who review things are – do a lot of softball lobs to companies they like, and they're not constructively critical. And I think that we, on this show, have, have established ourselves in a position to, to be, you know, to give constructive criticism when it's due to a, a label. And I think even with with vinegar syndrome, with um, other labels that we talk about, we, we we always talk about the good and the bad, and it's not meant as a a dis or we're not being mean-spirited mean uh asterisk uh unless that company uh give us can give us uh we'll give us some shit back uh we've we've retaliated a little bit but um <laughs> <laughs> you know who we were talking about if you listen to the show for the past few years uh but so we're gonna be talking about these films and um overall though like severin does good work like they're a label that you should be uh you should buy confidently from their label that uh does the work when needed and they uh their price points are always in in a, a, a ballpark that's manageable and uh so we have a lot of respect for severin so let's dive right into these brad um i kind of put these down in a list no particular order but, um, but we'll just, uh, start talking about these. Um, the first one that I'm going to mention briefly is a film, Brad, that you have talked about already, but I hadn't seen yet. So I was like, well, shit, I need to pop this Aww, in and take a look for myself. Shit. It is Franco E. Prosperi's Wild Beasts. It's in the cat area. Oh, Christ. Um, now, this was his final uh, movie. And um, yeah, I know you talked about the film. It's an animal's attack film. Uh, PCP gets unloaded into the water system uh, of the zoo. Uh and basically, all the animals get high and turn into man-killing maniacs and rampage uh, the streets. This takes place in Rome. And um, what other films has Franco Prosperi done? Did we talk about that when you talked about it briefly, Brad?
1: Um, A tiny bit. A tiny bit. You should talk about Savage Beast, though.
0: Wasn't this called Savage Beast as well?
1: Oh, I see. I always say Savage Beast. It's supposed alternate to be, title supposed to be Wild Beasts, but whatever.
0: <laughs> it does have an alternate title that I can't seem to find right now. I think I I think it was called I think it was called Savage. Beast.
1: No, it, it was it, on the posters. I believe it was. I mean, the, yeah, the US yeah. release, but I've known it as Savage Beast for for a while. So whatever.
0: Yeah no worries so anyway uh my thoughts on the film um it was exactly what i was expecting uh just a crazy animals attack flick some really good gore here and there uh like brad you had mentioned the um very awkward uh nudity by a young very young actress uh yeah it caught me by surprise but uh it was tastefully done, I don't know, I don't know i you know these these italians i don't under- i don't know, uh but yeah, they definitely would not happen today, and if it did, there would be some harsh words this was uh eighty four he's italian i don't I don't know, but uh, yeah, like it basically took it out of the rewatch pile, <laughs> and I was like, well, you know. A little, little weird, but uh, you know, if you're curious about this film, though, don't don't let that sway you. Uh, it's it's just a crazy Italian, uh, animals attack flick. And uh, if if you haven't seen it, you can feel confident to check it off your list and and give it a watch. But um, but yeah, I was looking at the director. He he hasn't really done a whole lot. He did some documentaries, some Italian documentaries. Uh, he did a film called Mondo Can. Candido in 75 Then a movie called Goodbye Uncle Tom In 71 Oh Jesus So he really has This
1: is director of Fucking Goodbye Uncle Tom
0: Yeah Oh my god It's a do- Uh yeah Two documentary filmmakers Go back in time To the pre-Civil War American South South Uh to film The slave trade
1: Yeah dude Fucking watch that movie it Fucking will. Jesus Christ I had no idea That was the same Uh director yeah, good. rated X. Yeah. Yep. Wow.
0: Okay. The uh, it is on my. I
1: don't know if it's available anywhere. Very
0: curious. I don't. Think it's I, I don't think it is either. Yeah. I, He's Severin. Uh, you guys? You guys working on that? Um. Let what, what I don't. Re- I remember.
1: Um. Dude, I remember uh seeing that in the theater and people walked out. Wow! Um, at Fantastic Fest, yeah, people really people had to get up and walk out. Um, huh. yeah, because it was the interesting Italian. Uh, yeah, I don't know who. Uh, yeah, because uh, apparently, um, what's his name? Uh, Refin. Um, had it restored or something because one of the songs that's actually used in, in the film he used in um, drive Um, and he's, he's a fan of the film, but yeah, I believe goodbye uncle Tom's the movie that people like certain people walked out of just because of how like, like uncomfortable, like uncomfortable racist is, is so. Anyways, right. If you do get a, that's, if you, yeah, that's what I am. If
0: you do get a chance I'm to reading see some it, things about it, yeah. Man.
1: If you do get a chance to see it, I, I recommend it. Um, but yeah, I think you have to go by other means to see that film.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I can see if a company a white company wouldn't want to No, uh, I don't
1: think I, I don't think anybody's really this. ballsy enough to touch it or that could afford it.
0: Blue Underground Blue Underground released this as a part of a collection on DVD. Um, it is available to watch digitally on Amazon video for a couple bucks. Yeah,
1: but I don't know if it's,
0: it's the it's Italian standard
1: uh, definition. I don't know if it's the Italian Gotcha, because there
0: is a there is a Canadian version cut down about half hour if it's missing. Right. So
1: the original uh, like original like director's thing, is was over two hours. I think what it is gotcha. now is like an hour and a half
0: or like an hour and forty five. So, okay,
1: yeah. Have fun with that, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm I'm super curious, but it's you know I can I watch see- stuff,
1: dude, and I I stuff things don't make me uncomfortable, but that movie actually made me a, a little uncomfortable. Yeah, and that's um, really hard to do.
0: Yeah. Well, moving moving right along here from Wild Beast, because um, so, like I said, you spent a lot of time on it already, so I didn't want to um, didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on it. Uh, there was a couple episodes back you talked about it, and I'll put the link in the show notes of uh, when you talk about it. Anyway, um, I wanted to ask you, Brad, did you get to watch the Killing of America? I am an American, and I killed Americans. I am a human being, and I killed human
2: beings. And I did it in my society. Ten thirty to twenty. Drop the gun. Russia. Drop the gun. America the beautiful has become America the violent. This is the country that produces an attempted murder every three minutes. A murder victim every 20 minutes. 27,000 murders a year. And the number is growing. No one is safe. But when I saw him there, that night, he seemed like a saint. A every morning when I get up, I say, I wish that son of a gun were alive. For the first time ever, anywhere. You can see the true face of the evil that is destroying our country. You will meet the new breed of killer. This broad I killed, this broad i have never seen before. They're veterans, honor students, advocates of law and order. They will cry. Mama, I killed thee. Bang! They will laugh. They will tell you why they have to kill. To shock her with a cold metal. And a week later I murdered my mother. I said, no, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. I just stabbed to death and cut the throat of an innocent young woman. As I'm sitting there with a severed head in my hand, talking to it. Every scream. Every cry for help. Every image of madness is real. No matter how paralyzing the shock. You're the mother know the truth, and survive the killing of America. It's okay. Nobody's getting hurt. Just come on in. Hey, hey, come on in. You better come on
1: in.
2: Come on in. It's too late now. Grab your seat
4: over there.
0: I've talked about it before, but I, I do want to reiterate that it is a documentary worth seeing. I thought it was really good, and especially with this new political climate we're in i feel like it's even more hard hitting it is uh using real footage this it's a, it's a documentary about about real murder and the and america's obsession with violence and uh murder and you know real you know true crime stories and things like that this was back in 1981 very very affecting documentary i wasn't prepared for it a lot of people say it was super uncomfortable to watch i thought it was fascinating and um people compared it to like faces of death you know because the first faces of death actually had a premise and uh something that they were the filmmakers were trying to convey like a message they were trying to to convey about violence and things like that this upstages it this is actually a, a far better example of uh of a documentarian exploring these ideas and it's definitely it was it is one of my top documentaries of all time now it is definitely worth seeing if you're interested in this it does not shy away it is the uncut version does not shy away from from showing real murder on on screen uh but i feel like with that cut out it would not be the same film it would not be as hard hitting And like I said, this was back in 81, but it's even more affecting now, I think, because back in 81, they saw this trend, this, you know, this trend of uh, America's obsession with violence and, and I mean, fast forward, you know, over 30 years and then, and it's, you know, uh, it's, 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 it was almost prophetic with, you know, our, our society. So it's. It's worth watching. I would I would love to watch this with some some like-minded friends and go out for like you know to a bar and just talk about it. And it it, it would definitely bring up some really good uh philosophical philosophical type conversations and uh it, it's it's really good. I think it's an important documentary that finally people can watch now. So, I would definitely give it a very enthusiastic recommendation if you haven't seen it and if you're interested in things like that. Next up, let's talk about 1976's drive-in massacre.
2: On August 10th, in a California drive-in, it all began. It will grip you like nothing you have ever witnessed before. It is absolute and total
4: horror. <laughs> <laughs> will you cut it out? Let me cut. come on, Alice Sweetheart, yeah, come on. Come
3: come on. Come on, so I just, I come <laughs> No, you it? Come on! Can you let
0: me hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Was this uh, seventy is, six? Is this before Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth? And it's it's cool, kind of seeing these. Slashers before they start getting into the, uh, uh, you know, the template of, you know, that Halloween basically started. Because, like we saw with, um, uh, Don't Answer the Phone, which I'm not sure what year Don't Answer the Phone was re- released off the top of my head, but I think it pre did that predate Halloween as well?
1: Donates to the phone? No, I don't think so.
0: Alright. Well, basically Drive In Massacre kinda of follows the same thing a little bit where is wherein there is a horrific murder and the first killing in this film had me standing up and applauding. It is so well done. It looks so good. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh the rest of the film does not Reach that level, but following this grisly murder, we're following a couple uh, bumbling detectives as they try to solve the this murder and track down who the killer is. This isn't a high body count type slasher. It uh, but and it is kind of meandering in a way. Um, I mean, you edit this down like today's standards, you got like a half hour short film, but um. Mm i had some fun with this it got boring in parts and tested my patience a little bit but the opening is so great and then uh you know there's some there's some fun to be had in here if you're patient but um but i I had a lot of fun for the most part with this brad what is your reaction to drive-in massacre
1: um I I like like you I I think it starts off strong I I think it loses um its steam um you know in, in, in the middle but uh I got to give it props for what it was trying to do um it has um uh, some some decent actors as far as like George Buck Flower being a, in the film and being kind of creepy and uh if i'm not mistaken he um co-wrote yeah this this film which uh, George Buck Flower has been in uh, Jesus Christ um i mean you, you may not know the name i you should but if you don't you see him you're going to be like oh shit he's in every fucking thing
0: yeah um, <laughs> he usually play, oh god that guy
1: yeah he usually plays a uh, homeless drunk man um <laughs> But uh, anyways, um, I I think the film definitely picks up in the last 20 minutes. I think it has a fun reveal um, in a way, I guess, a reveal. (laughs) Um, But I think the ending
0: text on the screen is a lot of fun. I I, I think being in the theater. This is meant to be shown in drive drive drive-ins.
1: Yeah, I think if you were in a drive-in and you watched it and then the ending happened, you'd be like, oh, shit, this is fucking cool, man. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's a weird, you know, like, just, like, dirty. Yeah. Like, 70s exploitation slasher, which you don't really have those. Um, you don't even have you know grimy exploitation slashers in the 80s it's it you know i don't know if too many people tried tried this i can't really think of anything off the top of my head
0: Well, it's very um, like the the movie's formula is you got a, a man and a woman in you know in at the drive-in uh, one of them wants to watch the movie and one of them wants to screw is basically the setup each time someone's in the car and and uh Either one or both of them will end up meeting their demise. So you have those scenes in the drive-in. Then you have- It's almost
1: like a PSA, don't fuck in the (laughs) drive-in.
0: Yeah. And then you follow the, uh, the police detectives as they're trying to interview people. And that's, uh, I've, and that's where I felt it it loses esteem mostly is in these uh, either interrogation or discussion settings. Because, I mean, this is pre-, like we saw with Don't Answer the Phone, with these detectives, like, there's no computers, there's nothing. It's just, how do we solve this murder? How do we investigate? Well, we sit and talk for a while. Uh, maybe we'll call someone. Maybe let's go interview. Let's go to someone's house and talk to them. You know, sit and talk, uh, and then then we're back to the the, the drive-in. Uh, the drive-in owner had some impeccable fashion sense, though.
1: <laughs> i think a lot of people in this film uh have uh good it's a fantastic fashion 70s sense.
0: fashion uh is it oh, who Who was the guy was it uh oh god i can't remember the act i don't know the actor's name he, he's bald has a beard and he's always wearing some sort of colored turtleneck uh with a suit jacket of some sort and a, and a big old wooden cross
1: well another right. thing we focus on aside from the the keen keen fashion sense is the fucking dialogue in the movie too there's some lines like I remember talking about don't answer the phone like how there's just some weird pieces of dialogue in 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 the film and there there's a movie called um and if you haven't seen it called lady Terminator that I consider <laughs> has some of the best dialogue of all time um but there's there's a there's a part in in the film where um He's he walks into the uh, police station and he like looks at the officer that's eating and he goes you better watch you're like you better watch out you might be eating your <laughs> yes. dad Yes. and it's like
0: what yes. the fuck like oh because it's a uh, you know the 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 tag you know people call cops pigs right so he's eating a ham sandwich so
1: I know but get still like get it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But there's, there, there's, I actually wrote in my notes, um he also says, uh, you really want to talk about this piece of puke. Piece of puke. Like, I, uh, piece of puke. <laughs> Who says piece of puke?
0: Piece <laughs> of puke.
1: I mean, it rolls You're off the tongue say. nicely.
0: Piece of puke. I guess normally you would say, hey, you want to talk to this puke? But the piece of puke, like, he's not even giving the guy a full credit of being a fool's you know splattering a puke he's talking he's a chunk of puke i mean that's that's low man that's a (laughs) that's a low blow no
1: oh and then um the here i have in my notes too um we had a witness you crawled out of your car over to the victims what were you doing pissing on the hubcaps and then the guy says i just wanted to beat my dick or beat my meat <laughs> I wanted to beat my meat, like pissing on the hubcaps. Was that a thing in the seventies? Pissing on hubcaps?
0: Did people I, do that? Maybe. I mean, you know, there's there could be some stuff lost in translation I don't know. just because who knows who knows what. Uh, which right, drive-ins brought. Drive-ins just seem like I see a lot of people saying, like oh, took the family to the drive-in. Like there's a few drive-ins here in Southern California still. Maybe one that people will take the whole family to because it's cheap and you got a couple screens. You can have a make a night of it. But it's like I always thought drive-ins, you know, I mean, the only time I was at a drive-in, I wasn't watching the movie. And I feel like that's always been the case. And I feel like in the 70s, maybe it was even more so. I mean, this was like equivalent to going up, driving up to the, to make out hill back in like the fifties, the sixties, you know, the drive-ins were just a cesspools of screwing. Cesspool. Mm. Not a family anyways, experience. It,
3: it's,
1: it's, it, I, I think people will dig it. If you like exploitation, flicks. Yeah. It's it does come recommended. It's just, it is a little out there. It's, It's weird. <laughs> Just put it that way. It's a weird slasher. So, um, but anyways, as, what as do a, we got next three, here?
0: As a history of slashers, it's pretty, pretty great to kind of see a pre, you know, Halloween slasher film because once Halloween hit, everyone started copying that formula. But, um, but like, it looks pretty. It looks pretty great. Like the beginning, I was. I tweeted out. I said that I feel like I need some goobie gone and a you know and a putty knife to scrape. <laughs> The grime off the screen. But uh, after the beginning, I think with most film, the worst part of the most, the dirtiest part, the most uh, 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 broken down part of the film was always the beginning because that was always closer to oxidation and things like that. But as you got to the more of the middle, like films start looking better. But no, this looked pretty good. It, it, it started out really, really, really grimy and then it just kind of, then it felt, you know, a little grimy, but not as, as much. But, yeah, it's. I would definitely uh, recommend giving this a watch if you're if you're able to, and and uh, check it out. They have some great special features on here. And-
1: buy it, buy it. Surprise, you know, support Severin. Yeah, that's another thing is uh, they don't do any shoddy releases with uh, special features. They always try to pack it full, and they still maintain their price to be under twenty nine. Oh, wait. Just what? Just saying. What? Just saying. And they're doing, um, you know the best transfers they could possibly
0: do. Yeah, restored, and, totally.
1: um, yeah um, this one is uh, restored from the original camera negative. Yeah. Huh. Not an HD master. Huh. <laughs> wow. Neat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm sorry if anybody wow. knows what we're doing. We're just being dicks. It's fine. <laughs> it's what we do. All right. All right. So moving along. Moving
0: along. Uh, let's – What do you want to talk about next? Get this one out of the way. Let's talk about uh, the survivor.
2: James Herbert's frightening novel of supernatural power is now a movie. After all, I've just killed three hundred people in a field and walked away without a scratch. That makes me pretty special, doesn't it? The pilot is haunted by the guilt of his survival. It'll come. It has to. Harry, I think I'm going mad. The psychic is tormented by visions of the horrors yet to come.
3: They're asking for your help. Who's
2: asking for help?
3: The men, women, and children who died
4: in your aircraft.
2: 300 murdered souls combine their psychic energy to hunt down their killer and destroy those who profit from their death. Oh. Oof.
1: (laughs) All right. So out of all the films, I think Sean and I are on the same uh, page on this is a film that we're going to have a lot of – this is going to be hard to talk about. Um, cause I, I feel that this movie is underseen, uh, for sure. Um, but it is, uh, you know, Aussie horror film. Um, is it a horror film? <laughs> I, I don't, it, I, don't I don't know. It's supernatural.
0: It's a supernatural film. Uh, yeah, it's basically is there's a 747 crash. Pretty much everyone dies except for the pilot and unbreakable. Oh, wait. oh! Sh- well, you know what? I have a feeling M Night Shyamalan saw this and took a few things, and I'm not going to no, spoil no, anything no, else. No, I think no, so. No, anyway, no. Uh, so he he emerges unscathed, and but he seems to be haunted by the spirits of the other uh, dead passengers, especially some of the children that were involved in the crash. It's a slow burn, it's more of a psychological, uh, thriller in, in that sense, but there are a few pretty great, uh, cinematography, uh, shots in it that I would really appreciated. but as a whole I felt this thing was a slog. And I think Uh, B. Germain actually wants to check this out. And we may be hearing from him on it. I really want to see his take on this.
1: It's, you know, whenever you. uh, you, This is also written by. um, Well, the novel is written by James Herbert. You may know that name pop up. He has like a quadrilogy. Uh, of books, um, we talked about on episodes and episodes and episodes ago. Um, we talked about Deadly Eyes, mm. um, on the show. Um, and Deadly Eyes is based off a Herbert novel called Rats, and then he made sequels called, uh, uh, Domain, I think, uh, Lair, and, um, In the City or The City, something like that. So, um, James Herbert has kind of a unique way of telling stories and I feel that they because I actually have read this novel I own pretty much a lot of James Her, I love the rat stuff he does but I feel that they took a lot of direct from directly from the novel and applied it too much into this film um, hence why it's so fucking slow like it's it's not the film is like, it, it, I don't consider it boring. I'm bored, yes, but I just think its pacing is completely off. It's an hour and a half; like, like, and it feels
0: like six hours. I, it, it it just felt so long.
1: <laughs> like I, I just I like. Here's the thing: is that there are a few. There's certain things about the film that work. Um you know, the cinematography and, and things like that. It does have kind of this sense of dread that the film film provides, uh, through the cinematography, but it just never, like, it doesn't feel like it goes anywhere with it. It doesn't keep up the momentum. Um, it's, it's very talky, but the talks aren't very like interesting either. um, so I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things where I think it has like a good idea in the back there, but just never achieves it. Mm.
0: So. Yes, the director Anyways. is David Hemmings. He directed Just a Gigolo before this. Brad? I have no idea what that is. Neither do I. Um, for, I, I don't know. I started watching an, an interview and I can't remember. Who uh, was interviewed? I think it was David Hemmings that was interviewed. Uh, he said that well, this, was, have, like, this um, was like a follow-up film to a film that did really well, and they needed to do something really quick, so they decided to adapt. You know this James Herbert novel. So
1: yeah, there's um, there's some you know uh, older interviews on there, but they actually talk about James Her- Herbert a lot on this uh, on the special features on this on this disc. So, you know, there's that. And plus, I guess they took uh, interviews from Not Quite Hollywood, mm-hmm. which was a very popular... It's um, fantastic documentary. Um, yeah, doc. And they they have, uh, I guess, the interviews from
0: there, too. So...
1: But I have no idea what Just a Gigolo is. So...
0: And I'm just trying Anyways. to find out, like, what the movie they were talking about that happened before that. And it, for, for David Hemmings, that's... The movie that was—he was
1: an actor, uh, though, right? Nope.
0: Yeah, totally. Was he, he was, an actor? Oh, yeah. He's been a shit ton of TV, and just, he was in Barbarella. Uh, gosh, I mean, he was in—he was in Deep Red. Um, so, you know, he's—he's he's no yeah, I, mean, I
1: think, yeah, I think he was like in like newer films too. Like he wasn't, yeah, like in just—he um, just wasn't he was in, in New York. Yeah, I'm about to say like I remember the name and I I know what he looks like. it to say he's gladiator. in some popular films. He's yeah. a gladiator. I mean, he doesn't have like lead roles, but he he's he's a well-known actor. I mean, he's you know what the dude looks like. Yeah. He's not you know. Yeah. I mean, when you see David Hemmings, you're like, "Oh shit, that's the guy!" Like, you're gonna know who he is. But yeah, he directed a few movies, and this is one of them. But I mean, I tell you what: as as far as like an actor, you know, turning director and then still acting and stuff like that, I mean, he doesn't do a terrible job. No, it's it's well just, I, I think it's, it's well a, yeah, it's yeah. a well done movie. It just doesn't really keep you like I, I, to me. It just doesn't keep me on my on my toes. Just it feels like it just drags a lot. Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah.
0: The opening crash, though, is pretty, pretty epic.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's, that's, it does have some great things going for it. It just doesn't keep up. Was yeah. this a code red DVD release? I don't know. I'm just curious. <laughs> I, I just, know. I was just curious to see if Bill Olson would have said anything about it.
0: Oh. So, are we? Could- are we gonna? If
1: I remember correctly, that was the DVD that I uh, that I had because um, I, I think I have this on DVD somewhere. But maybe maybe I'm thinking of uh, oh I'm thinking of Soul Survivor. Never mind. <laughs> I'm thinking of Soul Survivor. But anyways,
0: <laughs> right on. All right, let's keep the train moving. Uh, let's get into a couple of the. Uh, what were deemed non sexploitation and these came out I think these came out like uh like the week of Easter <laughs> which was great <laughs> great timing for these ones uh that's
1: on purpose
0: I know it's on purpose of course
1: no, no I'm just saying it's just Severin being being sneaky
0: <laughs> the first one let's talk about uh, is a 1981 Bruno Mattei film called The Other Hell the
2: fruit of sin and the sanity
0: Laptro Inferno.
1: You should do uh voiceover for the, um, uh, like, Grindhouse Fox trailers.
0: Also known as Guardian of Hell. Wow, that's so good, Sean. <laughs> Keep it up. I am available for any voiceover work. Uh, if you're listening and need to hire someone, I, um, uh, I will do it for you. I actually used to do voiceover work for, uh... For on hold messages, whenever they, wow. needed, they needed a special voice, they brought me into the into the. You'd make uh, me hang up. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right. The other hell is uh, 1981. Bruno Matteflick about a uh, a convent and. The priest investigates some possible paranormal activity or strangeness that could be going on at this convent where, uh, shit is going down, but is it supernatural or not? Where
1: did the fuck did
0: you read that? (laughs) I picked that up as I went. Oh. (laughs) This, this one, uh, I had, I had some high hopes, uh, you know, I mean, nunsploitation. I mean, there's many kinds of nunsploitation. Um, most of the time with involving it's, nuns being naughty. Oh my God. Getting naked. So, <laughs> this is
1: the part where I get frustrated where you explain it moving. No, I'm done. This happens at least. This happens. This happens quite a bit. You know, I kind of, people I, listen to the show. Dude, people like wait for it. Just you up. <laughs> They, I know people wait for it. I think even Rob Hunter said yes. something the other time. He was like, this is the part where Brad gets mad <laughs> um, at Sean for, like, explaining a movie. Uh, I mean, I I, I,
0: I, 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 I... I All right, up till now. I think I've done okay. I know
1: i have done okay, I've but right now it's just really bad. <laughs> um, so, I, I think first we need to talk about uh, Nun's... Nun's... Boy- exploitation yes which um you know there are quite a few non-exploitation films but a lot of them are hard to find. And I think that's obviously due to the fact of, you know, a lot of these were um European films and, you know, films from Italy and across the seas, they weren't really churning out uh American uh non-exploitation films mainly cuz I think and also they weren't distributed well over here just because of the fact that, you know, hey, this is kind of sacrilegious and and fucked up. <laughs> so we don't have um a ton of uh, nun exploitation films uh, from the U.S., they're mostly all from uh, Europe and, and so forth. So, it, I mean, it, it kind of kickstarted. Um, um, I think it really hit big with uh, Ken Russell's *The Devils* hmm. um, because it took nuns in a way that are, um, you know, kind of you know figures of uh, authority and teachings. Um, and giving their life, uh, to God and, and for God and, and things like that. So when we have the devils and it's very hypersexual, um, I think that kind of caught everybody off guard saying, holy shit. Like this is really fucked up. And of course, you know, I just was saying about the, you know, American films and then Ken Russell makes the devils over here. They kind of kickstarted everything, and then we just didn't see any more from America for, for a while. But I think that's because the Devils did it, and it's like, ah, eh, no one can follow that up at this point. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a bunch of knockoffs from from Europe and, and, and Italy, but can anybody top the Russells or can Russells the Devils? Nope. I sit and watch The Devils, and I'm like, "Does why does anybody even make movies? Like, why does anybody even try if they can't accomplish what Ken Russell can do? <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, you know, so, uh, Franco made some um, – uh, or made a uh, non-exploitation film. Of course, we have um, you know, The Other Hell. Uh, Diamato uh, made, uh, made one or two probably. Um, I can only think of one off the top of my head. Um and you know we actually still have nunsploitation today they're just not as uh popular we had um you know uh, Richard Griffin did none of that um back in or uh, you know late 2000s um and there is one that is a lot of fun that Mike Sandlin actually recommended to me uh Mike you and I agree on something called Nude Nuns with Big Guns Um, that I, uh, found, um, very, very amusing. So, but anyways, you know, non-exploitation wasn't super popular, um, anymore. It was very, very, very popular in the seventies. Um, a couple films here in the eighties and a couple in the nineties, and we get a couple here or there now. Um, so this hit the time, This was 1980, but it was still coming off the 70s. So it was during that. It was fading out um, very, very quickly. Um, So Matei, of course, had to get his two cents in as his the ripoff fucking king. Of course. Um, Bruno Matei. Like, I don't know if Matei's ever made an original movie. Um, Because the other...
0: The score is basically repurposed Goblin.
1: No, yeah, no, it's from, it's from fucking rats. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the score's from rats. Um, so, um, Matei, obviously, I don't know if he's ever made anything original to my knowledge. Uh, everything's a rip on something. Um, the other hell is just a rip off of, um, you know, characters from like, uh, um, Baruti's, uh, Killer Nun, which is available on Blue Underground Blu-ray. Um, uh the um the motto's uh not the motto um I'm getting my actors con- or directors confused here um not the motto who am I trying to think of uh, Franco's uh the demons that he made um it's just it's just a bunch of shit but at least out of everything that mate's done, this is one of the more original pieces that he did just as far as kind of like the storyline yeah. goes but i mean we are having nuns being possessed maybe by the devil question mark i wouldn't consider this one kind of uh sexual it's just very it's blasphemy in a way, uh, would you consider this really sexual? Because I'm so desensitized at uh, well, uh, this point. Not
0: necessarily sexual. There is some sexual violence as far as, uh, people being stabbed in certain areas. And, uh, there's like a, right, right. Kind of like, uh, there's like in the basement, uh, an un... you know, we don't know why, but there are bodies basically being carved up. And, uh, at one point, one of the bodies, she, the, whoever this is, you know, stabs, starts, starts stabbing, and you know the groin of of one of the.
1: I mean, yeah, I guess bodies. it's
0: it's so it's brutal in at, a way, at times, yeah, but not not uh, sexual as far as like would be like the, something in the devils or in like that. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff just wrapped into this film to make it interesting. You know, does it work as a whole? Like, I, you know, I don't know. Like, are, have you seen a Bruno Mattei film before? If you have, you'll know what you're, what you're going to expect, you know? And there, there's, he, Bruno Mattei's, uh, his, his zombies, you know, do show up You know, with the kind of zombies that he, he always uh, seems to end up with in the films. But, you know, I mean, th- this just, once I knew it was a Bruno Mattei film and it was written by, uh by claudio uh for who wrote rats and troll 2 and you know and with oh, the, i instantly recognized the score i knew the score was repurposed goblin uh like from the get-go i was like this is you know so if you're aware of all that you know and you know it you know sit back and relax and enjoy this little you know little mate joint you know and Butte uh, <laughs> joint. Hey, <laughs> there's enough here, I think, to enjoy. Uh, it wasn't oh, my, it shit. wasn't my favorite of of these nuns exploitation films, but um, it, you know, it was enjoyable. I liked, I liked this uh, this young young priest who thought he was all techn- techn- technologically advanced. You know, he's like, we have science and philosophy and technology on our side and his technology is basically a tape recorder with a microphone you know god
1: well i mean yeah this if but here's the thing is if you if you like you know um because i i wasn't even paying attention to the writer forgasso actually directed i believe with his wife uh troll 2 um and if you know the story behind oh, kind yes, of troll 2 yes. <laughs> being made is that they don't speak any English at all. So when they were on set directing, it was basically somebody trying to interpret them, what they were saying and making this movie. Um, but if, if you like films, um, because the thing is, is like, even though it's batshit crazy and Matei rips people off, I mean we we like films like you know Matei did uh, uh or Forgrosso and Matei have worked together as far as like making um uh, uh beyond the darkness um hello living dead um you know rats which i find fucking entertaining as shit <laughs> like i love rats so much um and I, he was still doing films, like, even today. I think these dudes are still, Matei's not alive, right? Matei's dead. I think you know. Fergaso's still alive. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they, and the thing is, it's kind of hard to track down some of their work because their names aren't on the films. They yeah. go, they were making up names. Like on this one, it's Stefan Oblowski <laughs> and, um, uh, um, Uh, Fergasso worked under the pseudonym of, uh, Clyde something. I can't remember the name. But even in, like, Troll 2, it's like, it says by it, like, it looks like an American name, but it's actually fucking Italians that made Troll 2. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just kind of hard to, and now it's easier because we have IMDb and the internet. But at at the time, like, no one knew that this Matei dude was pretty much the same guy making all these movies because they worked under, you know so many different pseudonyms or when uncredited or you know like i said just you know they changed their name and i think it's just due to the fact of like marketing wise people were paying attention there was like oh i can't pronounce that it sounds it seems foreign so let's slap an american name on it yeah um i wonder if anybody's ever written anything about why that was so popular of the real real reasons why because there's had to have been like you know it wasn't like oh let's just slap an american name on it because people aren't going to watch want to watch a foreign film
0: no there's got to be more to that but it it i it's probably had there's to be more than foreign distribution for sure but uh one last thing i wanted to talk about before we move on was the actress uh franca stoppi she was like the main nun um mother uh of uh, vincenza and she was, she's pretty fantastic. She's been in a lot of films. She's been in Beyond the Darkness. She's been in Caged Women. Um, and I, like her face and her eyes are so expressive. Like you, you would recognize her in other things. Um, but I thought, I just thought she was great. And cause when you're in, when she's in this nun outfit, right? All she really has is her face <laughs> and, and the, just the way she uses that small real estate of acting, you know, all she had available was, was her face and she does a just a fantastic, memorable job, like especially her eyes, you know, just got these piercing eyes. And she does seem that she possibly could be a psychopath. You're a psychopath. Thank you. But now I thought she was really so great. So this
1: is, um, now this is, uh, another 35 millimeter. Um um, now it's uncut and uncensored in HD, which they considered it for the first time. and um apparently they they discovered this print too, which was super cool, it has reversible artwork. Honestly, I like the artwork that it comes with. I don't like the reverse mm-hmm. um, artwork. Just a just a little tidbit from Brad. I think, the, the artwork I, I think all of all of these have reversible artwork, right? The Survi- no, the Survivor doesn't. Survivor does not. Drive master Master does, right? Survivor was yeah, not master does. worthy. <laughs> so um but yeah, definitely check it out if you're if you're a fan of these these uh, you know, Italian batshit crazy cinema then 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 give this one um give this one a sh-
0: oh yeah a shot you're, so. you're a fan of mattei for sure and these guys these crazy italian films like this is right up your alley like hands down yeah. if you're on the fence i would say you know um you know depending on the price point you know but um give it a shot uh but yeah man if if you're a fan of these any of these italian films if you collect italian films like this is totally it moving along to film uh, more of a modern film and another what could be nuns nunsploitation I said when I got done watching this that this was Lovecraftian nunsploitation it's a film called Dark Waters for those who are blind
1: shall see the true face of the beast and forever suffer it in their soul (laughs)
0: This is straight up has all the elements if you're you know familiar with anything Lovecraftian um, very very much inspired by Lovecraft it's uh it's, it's by the sea it uh, there could be a Cthulhu-like creature involved they definitely have like a big old amulet thing that has a monster face on it and so and there's a nearby sea town that you know, maybe has some secrets. Um a woman Lovecraft. What? I just yelled at Lovecraft. Lovecraft. He always uh,
1: well, he always has fucking towns that are by the sea.
0: Yeah. A woman basically inherits everything from her father once her father dies. So one of them happened to be she found out that he was giving a lot of money to a convent uh out in the middle of uh, of nowhere by this little the sea town so she being curious where all this money has been going decides to make a trip uh to visit this convent and see what's going on and see what her father's money has done and and kind of let them know that she's taking over his estate uh little does she know that there's possibly some sacrifice going on to this possible water creature and shit gets real (laughs) this is where i'm awful at giving the well yeah
1: you're really bad at this so (laughs) dark waters um let's back up for a second this is why i really uh, whatever sean um let's let's mark that this non-sploitation film which uh, i mean i look at it maybe i mean it has nuns in it um but <laughs> it's i i don't know It's some it's something different about this film like it it has nun exploitation ideas and everything but um it's it's something else. Yeah. It, it really is. Uh, and we need to mark that this film isn't made in the 70s. It's not made in the 80s. Right. It's made in 1993, 94 it came out. So this is a 90s horror film. And the one thing that I've said over and over and over again is the 90s get shat on so much for horror. And I consider that just a ridiculous statement. Um You know, this film came out in the 90s and – Like it feels '90s, but it also has certain elements. Man,
0: I didn't. It didn't feel necessarily '90s at all. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I think that's in here's here's the reason why you might feel that way, and how I feel about it is that it uses so many things from like ideology, Mm -hmm. uh, cinematography. um, The pacing is very much like um like a mario bava film uh the same thing that argento did in argento's prime um you know cuz argento was a really fucking great filmmaker um for a tiny bit of his life i mean i still love argento's work even into the 80s and 90s but there was a time when argento had this craft that was just killing yeah um in in in, uh, in the world of uh cinema. And you know, the same thing with Baba, just just giving a um kind of a, a tone of the film and as soon as the film starts, like you just feel like something's wrong.
0: Well that's you, you don't know any character that the, the shot right. of the crosses on this cliff, you know like it's an amazing Amazing uh, shot! Like I, I had to pause it and just be just look at it for a while, and it's just it's beautiful yeah, and it's no. haunting all at the same time. It's just, it's really great. Like, I mean, this is
1: this is kind of a more art housey, um, film. Yeah. Like, there's there's a lot of elements. Like, it has great cinematography, but there's also kind of some. Like, art house stuff behind it. Because, I mean, we have, like, you know, films like, you know, The Thing and, and, um, Halloween by, you know, that are, you know, lensed by, you know, Cundy and, um, you know, all these other cinematographers that have done great things in their careers. They know how to set up a shot. But, like, this is almost like paintings. Mm hmm. You know, oh, yeah. uh, when, when we're watching certain things on screen and like it feels like they're, you know, like a Kubrick film where Kubrick wasn't just about, you know, what's going to be lensed and what's going to be and what's going to look good. Um, you could like when I say that you could freeze frame portions of Kubrick's work and portions of Dark Waters and then blow them up on a picture and it be a work of art. Yeah. Um, that's something a little bit different than just something that has a great tracking shot or just can fit everything in frame or what looks good in frame. Like these the Dark Waters looks like, holy shit, like almost every fucking frame you could pause and it'd be a painting. And what's weird is that I was watching it, and this is actually a new one for me. Mm-hmm. I've seen The Other Hell before, Drive-In Massacre, The Survivor, and all the other films we're going to pretty much talk about. But Dark Waters is something that escaped me. I actually didn't know anything about the film at all, even when Severin announced it. I was like, what the fuck is Dark Waters? Um, so I've never even heard of this movie. So I'm like, when I'm watching it, or after I watch it, I look up the director. Nothing else. Okay. Apparently he has a movie coming out soon, but he has nothing else. The cinematographer, nothing.
0: Yeah, the cinematographer's done a like, of first assistant work since then, like camera operator, first assistant.
1: Right. But as far as, like, you know, just being a cinematographer, I'm like, wait a second. Why is this happening? <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> like, it, it, it kind of blows my mind that you have uh, – but again, I guess that's of being underseen. And I'm not going to, like, say, oh, my name's Brad. I You know, if I haven't heard of it, I, you know, probably must not be good. No, but I haven't fucking heard of this movie. Most and people, I feel like, haven't. And I live in the fucking horror section of the video stores. <laughs> And I just didn't go to one video store. I went to multiple because I moved around a lot and went on vacations and went to video stores around there. I don't ever remember seeing or hearing about this movie or even seeing any of the hardcore horror fans on Twitter, you know, film Twitter talk about um talk about this. So I really think this movie is lost in a way. I, I think it came out at a time that no one cared, honestly, like it was out of, um you know, it was by a nobody. Um, it came out at a really odd time in the nineties when, um, you know, uh, you, you know what I feel like this movie is like, I feel that like this goes like almost in sync with like a film like Paper House. Yeah, definitely. Like it has, it has that, it, it has that tone. Um, and, and if you need to. Like, if you need a time period to put Dark Waters, take the time frame that Paper House came out. And I think that's, like, the perfect, like, not a perfect pair to, like, double, you know, feature this. But it has that feel.
0: Do you want to hear what other films came out? Other horror films came out in 1993? Just just real quick. Needful Things. Yeah. Chronos, Body Snatchers. Body Bags. Ticks. Leprechaun. I'm trying to see... This was all. I mean, uh Fire in the Sky came out. There's a lot of really good horror flicks that came out.
1: But the, a lot of these are well shot. They, you know, Jurassic um, Park came out you know, in '93.
0: Ugh, we're not talking about Jurassic Park. No, I'm just. I'm trying to see like what would have you know kept people from seeing this. But um, I don't know. Like a lot. Like '93 um, go to the theaters? I I don't know. But '93 had a lot. Actually, had a lot of really great. I don't know if they were direct to video or not. But um, some really, I feel like it's almost like the last hurrah of really great horror films before they got all CGI'd up. Like, this is practical effects. Um, it's really great cinematography. This was the last year, this was the last year uh, of not, of totally 100% physical effects. You know, because you had Carnosaur, Body Melt... And then I guarantee you, once Jurassic Park hit, everyone was like, oh, we need to throw the CGI in. And they started throwing all the bullshit CGI. And then you get, in 2001, films like Dagon, which is an amazing film, but shit, shit, shit CGI. But this made me think of Dagon Man. a lot because it's because of the Lovecraftian element. Fish people. Fish fish people. Uh, Dagon has an amazing. This doesn't have not fish people. No. No. Uh, uh, not technically.
1: <laughs> Wait, was that a pun?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. But not to give anything away, but yeah, there's definitely some creatures and weird shit in this movie.
0: It's it's great, and like I said, this thing has atmosphere in. Spades. We got nuns carrying burning crosses. You have an old blind nun that basically whispers in a foreign language and is interpreted by a- another nun. You have dead fish all over uh the beach. Um there's some intense stabbing that I that always makes me like cringe. You know, cause sometimes movies you have someone where they stab, but when there's like this this. Just downward stabbing, you know, just like fight, like just violent. Jesus Christ! Holy shit! I sound like you're jerking it. <laughs> There's a lot, I think, to love in this film. I think this thing needs to be talked about more and discovered, just because it's it is a work of art. And Mariano uh Biano, the director and writer, like he's only done short films since then. I think the new film coming out is a short film. Like this guy needs. Oh. He needs more hey, work if he's going to be a bunch
1: this- of his short films or they included a bunch of his short films on this release. Yeah, so so I'm, I'm excited to special features on this thing. Yeah, I'm getting excited to actually dive into this because I'm like, man, why is this guy not like because, you know, the thing is, is, we say Argento, Carpenter, you know, um Baba, Fulci. We need to be saying Biano it, at the same time. That's how I feel. Yeah. Like, I I feel that we need to be talking about this guy as much as we talk about other films. But you can't talk about somebody if they've only done one feature their entire life. This is his only feature, right? Yeah. I wonder if he's like Troy Duffy, where he's like, wants to make a movie. He makes Boondock Saints. And then he's like, oh. I don't need to make anything else. I'm the best <laughs> filmmaker in the world. No, I don't think that um, was the case.
0: I think this year, what you said is I think it's the case of just unfortunately getting lost in the mix and, and people just not being able to see this. Cause all those other films I mentioned in 93, I saw, I remember distinctly seeing on video shelves browsing, you know, browsing the, the video store. I do not recognize dark waters. I, I feel like it just got lost. A really good film got lost in the mix and just you know what uh, something else this reminds me of possession yeah who's the actress in this that plays the main character because she reminded me a lot of that actress in possession but I know it's not her
1: oh yeah no yeah she does it's um I can't remember the name I could also what, look at the, the back apparently
0: named Elizabeth uh, Louise Salter is that is that her I don't know for sure if that's her or not
1: uh yeah i think that's the one that inherits the place
0: okay well she's she's great and like like
1: elizabeth right that's her name elizabeth
0: yeah i think so okay if um, we're wrong everyone will never tell you
1: no because no one's seen this movie
0: watch the film and figure it out yourself but yeah, yeah she-
1: louise salters elizabeth She's great. Hey, also, listeners, listeners, if you have seen this movie prior to this, and don't be all cocky and say, "Yeah, I know about it," <laughs> um, like if you actually legitimately seen it and you know have watched it numerous times, let us know because I'm kind of curious of um, are there any like hardcore fans? Because pretty much going through film Twitter and just like actually researching Dark Waters, no one's fucking talking about it like prior to this release. So um kinda curious. I am mean, and also bravo to Severin for yeah. pulling out something that they knew about, um, obviously, and out of giving the, it out of, to the world.
0: Yeah. Out of all the films we've wa- I watched for this, like this one, Head and Shoulders, was like I think my favorite. Just I've been thinking about this ever since I've I've seen it. It doesn't mm-hmm, happen to be very good. Watched- <laughs> yeah, Dreamstalker Yeah, Dreamstalker. get I don't that. know, man stream is um, <laughs> a lot of a lot of fun but uh but as 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 a film and and but mainly like all the things that that i like appreciate about films and what kind of pushes my buttons and like that i love like this has amazing cinematography this has really great acting the story gets twisted and bizarre uh you know the the cthulhu element the the lovecraft element um the religious horror element like this is Pushes all my sweet spots, and and I love it. So I believe I think they they released this on DVD before. I guess did they before? I mean, this says that there was a DVD, at, or did they release a DVD and Blu-ray at the same time? Uh,
1: um, but I don't know. At, at any right rate, now I feel even dumber if they've released this and I, I didn't know. see it.
0: At any rate, uh, this is a film that deserves to be seen. If you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend it. Highly highly recommend you buy it just because of the the wealth of special features along with it and just a stunning, just a stunning film and a really great release from severance. So, uh, it gets the highest, uh, you know, the highest praise from me. Let's move along. We are running out of time.
1: It was released on DVD by no shame.
0: Huh? Okay.
1: So no shame was pretty well known, um, for us like crazy horror people. But, um, yeah, I'd never even, never even saw this 10 years ago. It was released.
0: Wow. All right. We have a couple more releases to get to. Let's quickly, Brad, get through. Uh, let's talk about Kathy's curse. Cause I feel like there's going to be a lot to talk about, uh, with, uh, this, with Dreamstalker and stuff, but let's talk about this film, uh, that a lot of people when this I'm came ready. out, like Twitter went ridiculous. Film Twitter went nuts when they all started watching Kathy's curse. This film came out in 1976. And like I said, it's called Kathy's Curse. Meet
2: the gimbal's daughter, Kathy. See through Kathy's eyes. Just when you thought horror films reached an intensely shocking peak of terror, here is Kathy's Curse.
4: perfectly natural. You've been burnt in a fire. Just wait a minute, and I'll make it stop
3: hurting.
2: (coughs) What do you do when unexpected horror erupts all around you? Kathy's Curse. Kathy just wants to play with you, but please don't take her dolly.
0: So Kathy's curse could be maybe mistaken for an exorcist ripoff. Um, I don't think it is. I think it's a lot, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot different, you know, it, it, it does involve a possibly possessed child, but, uh, it's, you know, the opening of the film is the father and a father and daughter, he grabs the daughter, puts in the car, and, and the, they're driving away. Nope,
1: oh, nope, nope. No. Before he says that, he goes, Your mother is a bitch. Now, I was getting to that
0: <laughs> after saying specifically, Your mother's a bitch. He grabs her and they leave. <laughs> uh, a car accident happens because they try to miss a fake bunny. Um.
4: Right, but there's no like exposition of why
1: he's actually saying your mother is a bitch. I, I
0: know, and like, I. Don't- think there ever is but that's the catalyst to starting this whole thing and basically we jump forward the next you know in in 20 years later or whatever a new family who's related to the father this father uh moves in the house with with their little girl and basically uh we're led to believe that possibly there's a demon in the house or a spirit that uh could possibly um inhabit harm. the young girl and harm the family
1: and don't but here's the thing is that i said it's that nice about nice your women your 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 mother is a bitch but as kathy says all women are bitches <laughs> so is it, she, the little girl likes to say bitch a lot in yeah, this movie
0: yeah this is a bizarre Film. I did have a lot of fun watching it. I think this is one of the funner releases uh, in this last batch here. You are gonna have a lot of fun checking this out, uh, Brad. What's your What is your reaction to Kathy's Curse?
1: Um, I have seen Kathy's Curse before. Um, this wasn't anything new to me. I remember um, seeing this years and years and years ago. Um, and it always was just kind of there. Like it does have some goofy moments. Um, you know the dialogue is is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> but it was just always just a movie that was just there. Like it didn't see. I here's the thing. I don't understand why people are going so crazy over it. I it just it feels it it feel like there are some crazy moments, but for the most part, it's pretty tame. Like
0: and yeah, someone was comparing little, this to Troll Two online, and I had to stop them and go, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" No, I mean, whoa. you're talking about something this is nowhere like, near the batshit craziness <laughs> of Troll Two.
1: Yeah, I just, um, you know, it, it, it's it's a weird and strange movie for sure, but there's just, I don't know, it's just one of those things where. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into it. <laughs> Anyways, it's just. Well, because I'm just gonna come across as a dick. Um, <laughs>
0: what? But Brad come across as a dick. When has that ever happened?
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyways, it it's got it's with special features, and you know I know Brian Collins was super excited about this because he's been talking about this movie ever since I started following him on
0: Twitter. He's responsible um, for this release. We can blame it all on him. Somebody in a review also blamed, like, basically put it all on him.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, which is cool. Which is cool. He's he's. Uh, Love this movie for uh, quite some time. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope people enjoy it. Um, it's just... Don't make this like The Room or something like that. Because <laughs> it's not... It's, it's, it's a fun little movie, but it's not that great.
0: The best part <laughs> of the film, I think, is when... Uh, when she... like For some reason, the, the their old man, like the caretaker... Uh she basically lets him just drink himself silly and it just gets bizarre and awkward. And oh and uh um <laughs> and then the then there's the scene in the near the beginning where the, the mom the the wife has some people over, they're new in the neighborhood and one of the women says that she's like a medium, like a psychic, and she starts she's like, Well, do you wanna see what I can do? And she starts doing like I can read things in the house and tell you what happened. So she starts doing it and then Uh, Kathy starts acting crazy and she has like a pin or something and she's walking towards another girl and could possibly push this stabby thing into uh, this little girl's eyes but it's like this whole crazy batshit scene happens where another child is harmed by Kathy and then she just goes well I just better get going (laughs) she just leaves and then she appears numerous times in the film and it's like they don't address the crazy situation that happened. Like, if that happened to us, like, and it happened to my wife, like, she'd be like, you're never coming around again. Fuck you. Get out of here. You're crazy. Uh, you're not invited to my house. But this woman just, just comes on over like nothing happened. It's ridiculous. <sighs> you don't share my enthusiasm. That's okay, Brad. <laughs>
1: Um, but I, I honestly
0: have nothing else to say about Kathy's Curse. <laughs> okay, fine. Fine. All right, let's move on to the watch last... Watch it with a
1: group. That's yeah, what I yeah, can yeah. say. No, watch, that, watch Kathy's Curse with a group. So, all right.
0: All right. Finally, let's move on to the InterVision release. This uh, is a, is a DVD with uh shot on video films directed by... Uh who's the who's the director? Where the hell did it go?
1: Oh, Dreamstalker is um, directed by what was the name? I can't even remember now. I know Alan Grant was the director of uh, Alan Grant
0: did Death by Love.
1: Death by Love. Oh uh, Chris um is it Chris something?
0: Well I don't know. On Chris the back of the, on the back of the disc the director of Dreamstalker is not listed.
1: Chris uh, Chris Mills I think Chris Chris Mills Christopher Mills I believe that's it.
0: All right. If I remember correctly. <clears throat> oh, Dreamstalker, not Deathstalker. I was thinking, you know, we're not talking Deathstalker, which is is pretty it's pretty fantastic. Dreamstalker. No. No. <laughs> I'm trying to find Let's talk about Dreamstalker. the director. Christopher Mills. Yes, it's not listed yeah, on the it's back it's- uh um Severin, It uh the director of Dreamstalker is not listed on the back of the case. Just throwing that out there let's talk about 1991's dream stalker mm. all i'm gonna say is this has my favorite use of somebody jumping or falling out of a window this could be my top ever uh scene of someone falling out a window it is glorious mm. do you concur
1: I, um, I don't know. What was that? What was, the, uh, shit. We watched something else where a dummy fell out of a window.
0: Uh,
1: uh absolutely ridiculous.
0: Oh God. What was that?
1: I can't remember. I now. Another,
0: I think it was one of the, uh, a Severin film. I think. Was it?
1: Yeah. I, I can't, I can't remember. Shit. What was, oh, Dr. Butcher MD. Yeah. 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 yeah the dummy, the <laughs> dummy just
0: like explodes. Um, and the arm so the anyways, falls off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: Um, but I think we should start with death by love first.
0: Oh, oh, dude, you're getting me all backed up here. I just totally, uh, you know, for editing purposes, uh, introduced to Dreamstalker.
1: I know. I know. Like, you don't have to edit anything. You just keep dream. Right, fine. In the, fine. Well, I'm just saying death by love. Cause you haven't seen death by
0: love. I, I I was unable to, out of the, all the films I was unable to get to death by love. And so. you
1: save the best for last. So okay, okay, dream stalker. Okay. So Death by Love is on the same DVD as Dreamstalker. Both of these films are shot on video, so don't expect, like, if you say, oh, they're not on Blu-ray, I don't want to. <laughs> uh, they're on fucking, they're shot on video, so nothing's yes. gonna look different. Um, so anyways, um, Death by Love is a really weird movie, and it's so good. So, it's... R- Written, directed, and stars this guy, Alan Grant, um, in this, in, in this film where he meets women, he's a sculptor, he meets women, and then he just bangs them, and we're not talking about, like, you know, we hear about off-screen banging, we don't get to see, <laughs> like, 30 seconds of, like, laying a woman down, you know, undressing her top, and then they wake up, or, like, the next scene, they're just in bed smoking, um... Or laying each other's arms. We're talking about... We have like five to seven minute bang sessions in this movie. We have him hitting up a girl he just met. That he's banging down and sucking on her boobies. We have him getting down and dirty with an older lady. And when I say older lady, I mean
0: older lady. The director is the star.
1: Yeah, I know. This movie was... He... He made this movie in order, he made this movie in order to like, you know, try to get some, get some, oh get my
0: some, we'll see here. This is now. So
1: he is just going crazy. down and he is just trying to bang. I mean, there's like four sex scenes in this movie. And I first off have to say kudos to, um, uh, Severin and Intervision. Intervision, we'll say, because that's who is on the label in this. But Intervision, kudos to the subtitles, mainly because both of these films have very bad audio to begin with. Um, so it's kind of hard to, to decipher what they're actually saying. But Intervision is having a lot of fun with the subtitles <laughs> because they their description of music is hilarious. Um, and also they introduced me to punch slap because (laughs) one of the actors gets hit. And then in parentheses, it says punch slapping. And I was like, that's perfect because it sounds like a punch, but the ending is the slap. Um, but anyways, um, so there's a a lot of uh, a lot of sex in this film, and basically what it is is that whoever this actor Alan Grant or um, meets his name is um, shit. I can't think of his name right now. Now I want to. Uh, there's a Skype interview Joel. on on the DVD with him. Oh, he's just talking about how he wants to bang chicks. <laughs> so um, Alan Grant, I believe his name is Joel. Um, in the film. So Joel is a sculptor and he meets these women and he bangs them down. And then sooner or later, they end up dead. What? Um, and what it is is that they are after a, uh, known or what they consider a serial killer who worships Satan, who had a run in with Joel years ago. And now Joel's female, uh, friends are being hunted down by this serial killer. But I will not give away this movie. (laughs) But on the back of this DVD, it says, um, Filmed in the suburbs of Dallas and packed with softcore sex, scattershot performances, thick regional accents, and a (laughs) WTF plot twist. Oh that's my. on the back of this intervision
0: dvd and i will tell you what <laughs> the plot twist of this movie is insane god now, now i'm kicking myself for not watching this i was watching I, the I tried movie to, I totally passed i was like up to i tried to an all-nighter and i just, <laughs> just did not work um i was i
1: watching watching the film and i'm like okay this is fun you know here we go. It's a sexy time, some murders, and then the plot twist happens, and I was like, "Is this genius? I don't understand like this would be one of these like if this was an indie film and played to the indie crowd of today, people would lose their goddamn minds um." But no one's going to lose their minds on this one because no one's going to watch it. So, anyways, because um, <laughs> it's like, oh, a second film? Oh, this must be the shitty one. Um I tell you, Death by Love is insane. It's so good. Um, the performances are (laughs) ridiculous. I love how they say thick regional accents because they're just making fun of it because there's some characters in this film. You can't, like, you need the subtitles. Even though it's clear as day, you can hear them. You just don't understand what the fuck they're saying. Um, just because they're really churning out uh, the accents in the film. So, anyways, watch "Death by Love." It's insane. It takes a while to get started, but man, the payoff is a hundred percent totally worth it. Um, and it's only seventy-four it- minutes. And I tell you what, man, at the end of the film, I was like yelling at my television. (laughs) I was because I saw what was happening. And like when the plot twist happens, I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I was like, no. Oh, Oh my God. God. No, no, no. And I'm like, wait a second. Why am I like fucking like cheering in a fucking (laughs) shot on video movie? Like, that was just so goofy to begin with, and I'm like, I was actually getting legitimately fucking upset and angry and on the edge of my seat in this movie. Um. So anyways, yeah, Death by Love's great. So now on to the
0: best. Circle the the wagon back around. Actually, sorry, circle the motorcycles around. Dirt bikes. Dirt bikes, and don't fall off. Was we have Dream Stalker. <laughs> I,
1: was, I was trying to support you on that one, but I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't think. That's, that's fine. But Dad, I will Dad tell Joke you
0: that, City, apparently, right now. Is that we
1: have Dream Stalker to talk <laughs> about, which is. I just said Death by Love is insane. This movie's batshit <laughs> fucking crazy. And one of the more incoherent movies I've recently seen. Um, so we have, we're not going to call this guy Ricky. We're going to call him dead Ricky. Dead Ricky. Uh, so dead Ricky. But, is but, but
0: Ricky's hair is just glorious. <laughs> dead so. Ricky. Okay. We only call him dead Ricky. When they, so... when they dress fancy, to go out to dinner. Ricky's hair is just like a soft, <laughs> piece of comfort. I just want to rub my face in.
1: But when they go out to dinner, he's still
0: dead, Ricky. (laughs) Huh?
1: Um, So this movie, okay, it's 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 hard to actually explain what the director was actually trying to do in this movie because. I have never seen a movie where we wake up from so many fucking dreams <laughs> and it's hard to tell. Like, I can't even tell you what really happened. Like, what happens for real? In I the don't, movie. You, I don't, I have no idea. Like, I think every, I think everything is a dream. I can't, I don't understand what is, what is real. Um, so we have, um, Dead Ricky is a dirt bike. Uh, connoisseur <laughs> who's in a race and um, gets uh, engaged in to uh, our uh, lead, um, Brittany, here. Um, and he gives her the creepiest gift Jeez. I have ever seen. What? It is a clown jester. What did he call those?
0: Mu- not mu- music box? I guess. So, it not something that you weird- definitely spe- speaks yeah. about romance. It's not a romantic gift. So he's he's racing his dirt
1: bikes. They're getting engaged, and
0: then boom!
1: It's not real. It's all a dream. <laughs> and then she is informed about Ricky's death. In at least 15 minutes in the film, when her friend comes to tell her about Ricky's death, about how he died, the credits roll. Like, the beginning credits. Like, I was like, wait a second. We didn't have – like, we had credits already, didn't we? But then, it like, she's, like, sobbing on the steps, and the credits start to roll <laughs> while she sobs. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so good. So she visits the grave uh, of dead Ricky. And then Ted Ricky tries to kill her with his dirt bike coming out of nowhere. But you don't have to worry, because it's all a dream. (laughs) Uh, And then, you know, we wake up uh, again, and now she is with... um, I love how they talk about Dr. Frisk. And they, like, keep joking about his name. Like, I'm not gonna go see a doctor named Dr. Frisk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, um... They're in basically somebody's living room that's supposed to be a, uh, you know, a psychiatric office. And she tells him about, you know, uh, dead Ricky and, you know, about her friends and all this other stuff. And then we have the sex scene. Mm. Dead Ricky comes in to her room and we have a rape question mark scene hey, that happens but
0: he, but he puts a condom on <laughs> he he like one handed
1: he lays lays on top of her and he's like oh no don't worry I brought a condom <laughs> and then like, like he what? puts it on one handed and then he does one thrust and he goes it broke oh no. <laughs> no and it's like what and then we wake up and we don't have to worry because it's all a
0: dream oh yeah right 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 it's all a dream
1: so, <laughs> it's like, it keeps happening. And I'm like, wait, when is the movie going to start? <laughs> like, is did this stuff really happen? So, I mean, we're like... We're a half hour into the movie, and we've had three dream sequences already. I feel
0: like we've but, had more, that, more than that.
1: You, but you don't know. You don't have to worry, because the rest of the film is filled with dream sequences. <laughs> and um, so, anyways, Dick, Dick, Dick Ricky. Dead Ricky shows up, um, and then she goes um, she goes on this retreat thing, I guess, whatever it's called. <clears throat> so, she, she goes away. And immediately, she meets somebody that she knew in her past. Yeah. In the bathroom. Yeah. This guy waltzes into her house. She is, like, getting dried off with a towel. She sees this strange man, and is like, oh, how'd you get in here? And he's like, oh, the door was unlocked. It's not creepy And at he's all. like, and then they have this exchange about, like, hey, I knew you. Oh, yeah, I knew you, too. You want to go in the kitchen and I'll make lunch? What? (laughs) This guy is just in your house. And basically, within two minutes, they're face-fucking each other with their tongues. Yeah. And I'm like, this woman moves too quick. This is the reason why Dead Ricky wants to kill her, is because she is fooling around too much. Oh, totally. He was was nice enough to wear a condom. Did we mention how this is a (laughs) Nightmare on Elm Street rip-off? So... This is totally a rip off Nightmare on Elm Street by the way. Yeah, of where the start of the video of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, not not the whole plot of like him coming back for the the kids in their dreams, but he comes back in her dreams in order to haunt her and kill her. Um so dead Ricky after all this shit happens, so many dream sequences, dead Ricky just goes on a murdering rampage, killing doctors, killing people that mess with her, killing perverts. And he has all, he's doing all this with his half burnt face with his beautiful hair and his like neon, uh, outfit of his motorcycle uh, or dirt bike outfit. (laughs) This movie is fucking insane. It is so goofy. It is so great. It's got some really cool, uh, special effects at times, And it's just, it's just weird. And it's just a lot of fun. And just the the deliveries on everybody. The editing is just so over the top. Um, and it's just, it's, it's really great. But you also watch it with the subtitles because the subtitles help because Intervision has fun with them, but it also makes you understand what the fuck is happening. Um, because the, the dialogue is just so low in the movie. But honestly, switch
0: my speakers to like, uh, so everything, like everything. The ch- it's because it's mono, so everything goes through every single speaker, just so I can hear what's going on.
1: So, in in this film, though, or out of these films from Severin and Intervision, this by far is over the top, amazing. By far, probably my favorite. Yeah, um, I out, think of out of everything, other than maybe Dark Waters. Dark Waters is a serious yeah. play on on a, on a film, yeah, on a film note. But I was um, gonna say,
0: as far as the intervision stuff, by far, uh I think Phobe was my favorite, and then Dreamstalkers Stalkers second. I, I need to, now. I need to see Death by Love now. So now, I mean, so that's like I give shot on the video stuff a lot of shit, but yeah, you do. I, I do, but I feel like intervision, the releases on there are are things that are worth watching just because of the bizarre. You know, like, you know, remember, like, when we did Murder Lust and Project Nightmare, like, those weren't, I didn't l- really like those very much, but they're so bizarre that I had to, like, had fun watching them, you know? Yeah. So, definitely, uh, yeah, this is a good time. And, like I said, the falling out of window sequence in Stalker is in the pantheon now of favorite falling from window scenes ever. It's <laughs>
1: It's a, it's a, it's a great batch. I mean, if you have like fifty extra bucks, because that'd probably buy you everything here, which is insane. Well, not really fifty, <laughs> but like if you go to what were what they selling? These? What am selling these at? Grindhouse Video. <clears throat> let's see. Let, let's check this out. Let's let's plug. Well, this was our plug for Grindhouse Video now, so we don't have to do it later and you forget. <laughs> So he's he's got some cool stuff. So you can get uh pretty much you know, Kathy's Curse for seventeen ninety nine. Yeah, it's about good to deal. Up. You know, Dark Waters twenty twenty bucks. Um you're supporting the small small timers here. So yeah, p- pick these up. He has
0: uh, pretty much everything in stock. It looks like yeah, Dream Stalker Death uh, by Love is fourteen ninety nine. That, that's worth it. Can, Look you, at you there. Get a, there you go. collection of like Video stuff and Bizarre Flicks. You get a big bang for your buck. All right, we need to start wrapping up here, Brad. I did want to mention though, there uh, they j- they recently released a Return of Kung Fu, uh, Trailers of Fury, another one of these kung fu trailers blu-rays these are a lot of fun uh throwing up parties kind of having the background um you know a couple hours of like it's like 35 trailers of kung fu flicks um these releases are are a lot a lot of fun so uh i had to give that a shout out as well Mm. all right um anyway that's that's gonna do it for this for this week's show everybody um want to give out a huge thank you to severin films for keeping us in the loop with uh, their flicks really do appreciate the uh you know everything that they do and uh just being a label that's uh continually putting out great work so um check them out so it's uh oh i moved away from it because we went to grindhousevideo.com but i was gonna plug uh well, we'll have everything in the show notes but severin filmscom not to be confused with a like a just like a German manufacturing company or something and uh, uh there's another Severin that does something else so Severin films yeah they're not the proprietary floor care products company nor are they the German electricity company or electric home appliance company they are the film company Severin films bad joke sorry god damn it I'm feeling
1: Jesus Christ.
0: (laughs) We want to, of course, thank our sponsors, GrindhouseVideo.com. Can we just
1: pre-record an ending?
0: No. No, this is fun. Uh, Coffee Shop of Horrors. Use our code SCREAMCAST and get 10% off. want to thank Wolfman of Mars for letting us use their tunes and Kevin Spencer for giving us the uh, visual presence online with our logo. And, of course, uh, Vinegar Syndrome... We will be doing a Vinegar Syndrome episode very soon, so keep your eye out for that. I want to thank all of our patrons. If you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash scream underscore cast. We will be doing another late night very soon, so our $5 patrons uh, hopefully are getting a bang for their buck. I want to thank all of you guys for listening. We will talk to you next time. Bye.
2: Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun.